Hello, Red Rocks Austin, and welcome to Church Online. Obviously, church looks a little bit different this week, um, as it does at pretty much every church on this planet because of the coronavirus outbreak. And before we get to the good stuff, we've made a decision not to have public gatherings this weekend, and I wanted to tell you just the quick heart behind that decision. We want to be unified with our city. We want to submit to the authority and trust the discernment of the leadership that God has placed above us. But even more than that, we want to be part of this solution solution and rather than the problem and public gatherings really are causing more of a of a problem and being a catalyst for the spread of this virus rather than than being a solution and so if that means we can't gather in our building then so be it we're choosing to see this as an opportunity rather than an obstacle. And right now we have an amazing opportunity because the coronavirus is not a computer virus to leverage technology to maybe even reach more people and move church online. And so we've prepared something very special. I think you're gonna really enjoy this conversation that you're about to watch of us just getting real about what it means to be a Christian right now and what faith looks like in this season. And so thank you for joining us and welcome to Unshakable. Shaken, oh, we sing for we trust. 
and fails, yours does not. We have rivals, you don't. We have equals, you don't. And because of that, we choose to not be shaken because you're not. As your body, as your kids, we come together and we, we let these choruses ring out to heaven. On behalf of those who can't sing right now, on behalf of those who need peace and need joy and need family, let this serve as that. Holy Spirit, be here. I pray something supernatural would take place. This is for your glory. We will not be shaken. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 All right. Can't tell I've been crying, right? That's good. Hebrews 11 gives us a definition of faith. In verse 1 it says, Now faith is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. Confidence. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we cannot see. That's the Bible's definition of faith. It gives us confidence to do three things. Faith gives us the confidence to confront reality in our current situation. Faith gives us confidence to be calm in the middle of it. And then faith gives us confidence to continue and to, to keep on. And for Ryan and Ethan and I, we, we experienced this firsthand a few years ago when we were doing mission work in the Dominican Republic. We set out with just the best hearts in the world, wanting to, to make a difference, to build the church, to share the gospel. And in the span, I think of about 48 hours, like everything just started going wrong everywhere. First of all, we were swimming in the ocean and Ryan high-fived a sea urchin. We're in a canoe, yeah. the canoe tips over, we're all scrambling trying to get all of our equipment and there's a sea urchin right there so I go to do a little stroke and it like like 16, like things just like straight through my hand. I'm getting like delirious, I'm in, I'm in shock. The only thing I can think is I'm in 10 feet of water right now, this is dangerous. And so I call out and I just go, Doug! <laughs> and you were like in shock. And I thought, because I knew, I was a science major, and I knew, I knew enough to know sea urchins are in fact poisonous. I saw your hand, there's 16 barbs that went straight through your hand. And so we get, we get out of the water, go back to the base, and I think I just gave you like four ibuprofen and Tylenols. And we just, I grabbed pliers and spent the next two hours. You just had tears in your eyes, just pulling barbs out of your hand. Jesus wept, guys, it's okay. Yeah. And then later that same night, uh, we were swimming in the pool. We, we did mission work, I promise you. We just, <laughs> it was a fun day. So what happened so that we, evening? Later, we're swimming. There's an inner tube we put out in this pool that was on the mission base we were staying on. And of course, we had to make it more dangerous. So we're diving through the middle of it. And I dive through. And it felt like I just kind of hit my head. So I sit up out of the pool. And I go like this. Like, ah, it didn't hurt that bad. And there's just blood covered by it like that. And these guys come over. They're like, oh. 
it's not too bad, and like the whole back of my head was just split wide open by the fill valve on that stupid inner tube. So the guy we're with is like, well, we're in the Dominican, you can get stitches, we, I can take you to a hospital somewhere if you want. I'm like, no, I don't want that, but Doug's an EMT or was, or told me to <laughs> yeah. Science major, again, you know, so I know enough to know, well, super glue is not, it, it, it is sterile, so we just super glued his head shut, and I'm not kidding you, there's like a four inch, it is, it is. There's a four inch scar on the back of Ethan's head. So if you ever notice it and you're like, that looks just really bad, it's because it was super glued shut. And so, but you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then the very next day, uh, we are driving, all three of us on one motorcycle. <laughs> your head's all bandaged, your hand is all bandaged. So I'm driving. <laughs> I'm the only, only one left that's not injured. And uh, we go over a puddle of water. And of course, I'm the one who crashes the motorcycle with all three of us on the bike. We all go tumbling, get scraped up, road rash. It hurts so bad. <laughs> but more than that, it was like a soul wound at that point because all of us are realizing, like we're not just, we're not like robbing little old ladies, you know? We're like, we're trying to help the world. We're trying to spread the gospel. And yet Jesus was right when he said, in this world you will have trouble. And your faith actually doesn't keep you from that trouble. Oftentimes when you follow your faith, it'll get you into situations and and seasons where you find yourself right smack in the middle of that trouble. But faith actually allows you to be in it and be okay, once again, by doing three things. Faith gives you confidence to confront the brutal realities of your situation and gives you confidence to be calm and confidence to continue and keep going. And there's a guy, his name's James Stockdale. During the Vietnam War, he, uh, he was a prisoner of war for seven years. For seven years, tortured every day and really had no reason to believe or think that he was ever uh, gonna make it out. And the day he was rescued, he said, the reason, the reason I made it through is I did two things. And he talked about this balance between, um, between optimism and realism. He said, I never wavered from believing that everything's gonna be okay, that God's in control, I am gonna make it out of this. And at the same time, I confronted and I was honest about the reality of today I'm gonna be tortured. Today, this is what I'm facing. And so the Stockdale paradox came from that, and this is the definition. Retain faith that you will prevail in the end regardless of difficulties. And at the same time, you confront the most brutal facts about your current realities. Faith allows you to confront. Because of faith, we don't have to be like ostriches with our heads in the sand thinking there is no lion. There is no lion when we know there's a lion. Because of faith, we can confront our realities. Because of faith, we can look at obstacles and choose to see them as opportunities now and live unshaken, right? We have a chance right now to do what we just sang and live unshaken. And I, I've thought a lot about, a lot more about that word this week because I thought, man, sometimes we can think I'll, uh, I'll hunker down in my home and board up the windows because I won't be shaken. And it's like, no, you're, you're shaken. That's why you're choosing to do that. Like preparation is good, but you're hoarding 
because you're because you're shaken. You're buying a thousand toilet paper rolls and selling them for ten dollars each <laughs> because you're shaken. And faith means we actually can confront the brutal realities of our situation and not be shaken at the same time, even in our personal lives. I can acknowledge, okay, I, there's unforgiveness there. I don't have to pretend it's not there. There's there's addiction there. There's dependency that's almost an addiction in my life. There's That relationship's not good. That tough conversation that I've been avoiding, I need to face it. I've heard it said, faith won't fix what you won't face. Because you have faith, you can you can face it. And so, especially in this season right now, we have a, a reality that's kind of brutal, globally. And with faith, we can face it. And I was this guy all week where I would, I would, I would, I would say things like, this. everybody's overreacting this coronavirus thing, the media's blowing it up and it's just everybody's perception and and started to realize regardless of if, if it's just a perception or not, it's the perception's real and this is real and fear is real. And we could choose to say like, well, mark my words, this'll be not a big deal in, in a month. And I hope you're right and I think you are right, but just because you're right, that doesn't mean you're helpful. Mm -hmm. Faith is helpful. Faith acknowledges people are afraid, people yeah. are anxious. And so the way we face it we can enter a world where we will have trouble and we can elevate faith so that fear can be on the decline, not in the name of self-protection. Like we're not canceling Sunday services and doing church online instead like because we're afraid or because of self-protection. It's looking out for the least of these, the vulnerable among us. This is the reality of what we're facing as a, as a world right now. And as Christians, we have the confidence to confront it. That's what faith does. And it also gives us confidence to, to be calm in the storm because we are in a storm. So Ryan, talk to us about that. Yeah, faith gives us the confidence to stay calm. And can we just all be honest for a second? There is maybe nothing that our world needs right now more than Christians who can stay calm yeah. in the middle of the storm. What the world doesn't need is all of our opinions about how things should or, not, should or should not be handled. What the world needs is for us to be a non-anxious presence yeah. in our spheres of influence. I was at Target yesterday, which is uh, an exercise in patience th these days, and I'm, I'm walking through the aisles, and um, there's a, a lady who's breathing really heavy down one of the aisles, and so I, I turn and I go, hey, are, are you okay? And it was the aisle where all the hand sanitizer used to be and <laughs> is now gone and I, I walk a little closer and she's starting to hyperventilate uh, a little bit and, and she looks at me and she goes I've just never seen this happen before all I did was look her in the eye and say yeah I know it's weird right it's strange this is this is new territory for us you got and, and you guys I'm, I'm not ex exaggerating it was like a thousand pounds of weight was was falling off of her her shoulders why not because i had some crazy three point sermon to preach i didn't sing a song i didn't pray revival over her i was just a calm presence who normalized what she was feeling yeah. right we don't have to have all these Bible verses memorized and be ready to go out and just be a non-anxious presence in people's lives. I'm telling you the ripple effect that that will have in the city even this week as we just look people in the eye and go, hey, hey, we're in this together. We're human beings. We've got a common enemy and it's not any of us. It's this virus and we're going to move forward 
as human beings. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we stay calm? Well, there's this great story in, in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus and his disciples are, uh, they, they get into a boat. I picture it late at night after a long day of ministry and they're going to, to the other side and uh, they get faced with a storm. And Jesus has decided, if you know the story, he's, he's tired. And so he's going to go to the back of the boat and, and take a nap. And the storm comes and the disciples are, are terrified. We'll pick it up. Verse 37 it says, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. So this isn't just a normal storm. The boat is filling with water. We all had that moment this week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Where, where what we're going through goes from just being this, this thing out there to actually impacting and affecting our lives. Mm-hmm. Whether it was actually getting sick or somebody that you know or, or love getting sick or whether it was realizing that your business is, is going to take a hit in the, the, the weeks to come or just watching your 401k go, go down, or just hearing that March Madness isn't going to, to be happening this, this year, right? It's like, it's like this thing went from being just a storm out there to this is going to impact our lives. And what's fascinating here is when that happens to the disciples, they're all terrified. And then let's look at, at what Jesus is up to. Verse 38, but Jesus was in the back of the boat asleep on the cushion. Two fundamentally different heart postures right there, right? Terrified versus, hey, I'm going to catch a nap. Uh, shaken versus unshaken. What did Jesus have that the disciples didn't have? I would say he had perspective, right? Like storms have this, this uh, tendency to... to um, steal our long-term perspective and make us feel like the wave right in front of us is the only thing going on. And we, we see that happen because the disciples go, they, they wake him up and they go, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Jesus, do you not care? Jesus. You guys, all Jesus has ever done is cared. His entire ministry was dedicated to caring for people that nobody else cared about. The answer is yes, Jesus, of course he cares, man. But when you see the wave right in front of you, it can steal our perspective real quick, can't it? Perspective is everything. Jesus can sleep on the cushion because he knows the end of the story. He knows why we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. It's because God is writing a story of redemption in this world. And, and by the very nature of a story of redemption, it means sometimes as a world, we live in a world that needs redemption, which means we live in a world where we're going to face storms. And so to the disciples, this was the end of the road. To Jesus, this was another chapter in a beautiful story. Okay, what we're dealing with right now is another chapter in a beautiful story of redemption. We keep that perspective as we go forward. We're going to be able to stay calm in the storm. But I love it because he goes on to to stand up. He awoke and he rebuked the wind. Listen to this. He just stands up and he speaks to the storm. He rebukes the wind and the sea by saying, Peace be still. The wind sees. 
and there is a great calm, which there will be for us. Peace be still. I wonder what would happen this week if you uh, just heard Jesus saying those words to you anytime you start to get anxious. Peace be still. Anytime you see a, a news report, maybe if things get worse, peace be still. Anytime your, your friend calls you and they're, they're freaking out and they're terrified uh, of what's to come, peace be still. Because the storm stops. The disciples, it, it says they're looking at each other and they go, hey, who then is this that even the wind and the sea, oh, like who is this man? There's a reason that we are going to continue to, to do church. There's a reason that we're going to continue to tell these stories. There's a reason that we're going to continue to sing these songs. It's because this man is Jesus. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Prince of Peace. And he's walking with us every step of the way. Hey, even in the dark times, or maybe especially in the dark times. We can be at peace in the middle of the storm. We can have the confidence to stay calm in the middle of the storm because the Prince of Peace is walking right alongside of us saying, you've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So then the question becomes, E, what do we do from there? How do we respond to news so good? So when you realize you're part of an unshakable kingdom, you start to become an unshakable person. And it's that faith that gives you the ability to confront the moment, to be calm in the moment. You have the confidence then to continue. And the disciples are a perfect picture of a, a total change from being these guys afraid in a boat to suddenly having this courage. And this story uh, in Acts chapter four has been like a mantra, like got us to a place like Dominican Republic because of a story like this about the disciples. When you see what they learned from watching how Jesus dealt with a storm. And so Acts chapter four, now they're leading the church and they're being like chased from every side and they get arrested, brought before the Sanhedrin or the religious leaders of the day. And they're, they're being told, you gotta stop. You gotta stop telling us that your friend that we killed is still alive. You need to stop doing that. And so Acts 4.13, it says, When they, the religious leaders, saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So they're looking at these guys, and it's their courage in this moment. Like for the disciples, everything, Rome is after them, the most powerful empire in history. The Sanhedrin, the religious leaders, are chasing them down. And these guys, this is how they respond with, with the courage that these people know. It says, but Peter and John replied, verse 19, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. In this moment, these guys have the courage to say, hey, we're gonna confront the reality of the fact that we're being hunted for our faith right now. And they respond so calmly. They're, they have the confidence to become where they're like, hey, you can decide what you think is right, but we're, for us, what we know is right is we're not going to stop talking about our friend who's still alive. And then they, that gives them the courage, the confidence, their faith gives them the confidence to continue with the ministry, knowing that it's probably going to cost them everything. They continue, and I, I think about that courage that they had that the world took note of. Where does that come from? It's the reality that Jesus is still in the boat with them that he's still right next to them right then, right there in the midst of that storm, just like he is right here with us 
right now. And this is, this is who we are as believers. This is our, our legacy that we come from. If you fast forward to 250 AD in Rome, there was a terrible plague that people were literally losing their lives in the streets. It was horrible. Everybody goes into hoard every man for himself mode. And it was believers, it was Christians in that moment that were out in the streets praying with people taking their last breaths, helping people when nobody else would even go near them. And Rome took note of the courage of the believers and was astonished by these people. Fast forward a little bit more and Christianity became the faith, the official faith of the Roman Empire. Something that nobody would have ever imagined possible when Peter and John and these guys are just starting the church and the Sanhedrin's chasing them down and Rome is going after them. And a couple hundred years later, the world had taken note of the courage, the faith of Jesus' people. They took note that these people are Jesus' people and there's something different about them. So for us, here in this moment, the world should be taking note of us. When people look back on this time, the coronavirus, when the whole world started panicking, they should look back and say, but the church, but Jesus' people, they had this courage because to be peaceful and loving right now, to have that calm and that confidence, that takes courage right now. And people will take note of that and be astonished by you, by not just pastors, not just a few people, but by the church being who we're called to be. And so how do we do that? Well, I would say a, a, an illustration of it is be a thermostat, not a thermometer. So anybody can be a thermometer, which just tells you the temperature of the room. Everybody's being that right now. Oh, it's scary out there. People are panicking. People are buying up everything at the store. Anybody can tell you that things are a little crazy right now. Be a thermostat because you're a believer, because that's who Jesus was. He walked in and set the temperature of every room he walked into. People were afraid, and then Jesus walked in, and they had this feeling of like, oh, there's calm here. There's peace here. We can keep doing what we're doing because Jesus sets the temperature, and you carry him with you. So we set the temperature now in our world when everybody else is telling us it's crazy and it's hot and it's cold and all those things. And we say, no, 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 it's peaceful right now. No, 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 Jesus is in control still. Even in this moment, he's still in the boat with us. We set the temperature. What does that look like? Be kind when people are fighting in grocery stores, right? Uh, pray for people. Uh, offer to pray for a lady in Target or somebody that, that you come up to or just give them a kind word. Be that calming presence, that non-anxious presence in this moment. Uh, how we preach, what we preach right now through social media, through what we say on the phone or on a text to our coworkers, our friends, man, that's going to affect people. And everybody can preach fear, but we can preach peace right now. Love your neighbor. So really tangible challenge. What would it look like if you went to the people on your street, knocked on their door and said, hey, we stocked up on some stuff. If you need anything, we've got it. If things get crazier and we can't go to the store, just know that we're right up the street. We're in this together. Your neighbors, your neighborhood would take note be astonished by the courage of their Christian neighbor who walked up to their door and knocked and said, hey, we're in this with you. Hey, we're in this together right here, right now. We love you. There's peace for you in this moment. And then we pray. We set the temperature in this world through prayer. So we pray for people who are infected right now. We pray for people who have lost family members. I know that it's this worldwide thing, so it feels far away in some ways, but there are thousands of families grieving right now because they've lost somebody because of this virus. We come alongside them and pray for them. We pray for wisdom for decision makers on every level in every country. This is not a simple thing to navigate. So we pray for wisdom for the people that have big decisions to make in the midst of this storm. And then, hey, we, we, come, we stand on the foundation of an unshakable kingdom where all things are possible with God. So we pray that this thing would just stop. 
that, that, medical, that the medical world would advance in ways that are not humanly possible right now, that they would be figuring things out, that this virus would just stop having power, that people would have miraculous immunity against it, that the, the forecast of how much more it might spread, that it just wouldn't come true. We, we pray for that, and we pray for it in faith, because we have the faith to confront the moment we're in, to see it for what it is, the faith to be calm. We have the faith that gives us confidence to be calm in the midst of a storm, and we have faith that gives us confidence to continue being Jesus, being Jesus people. That's so good. The church has never backed down from seasons like this. It's seasons like this that make Christians and the church just better and better and thrive more and more. And I believe that same story is gonna ring out for this season that we find ourselves in the middle of right now. So one more time for the people in the back, like you believe it, say confidence. Confidence. Gotta say confidence confidently. That's what I believe. You have confidence. And if you don't feel it right now, give yourself grace. Like that, that's okay. Just know, through faith, it is yours to access as a tool to use and practice anytime that you want. In this season, maybe now more than ever, what an opportunity, right? Not an obstacle, but an opportunity to practice our faith and our confidence by confronting the realities of our season, by remaining calm, and by continuing and keeping on. And then there's always a fourth secret point. And Alexis reminded me of this right before we, we started this. Um, we have the confidence, because of faith, we have the confidence to sing louder. Yeah. Right now, I think the world needs Christians to sing louder. So we're gonna sing louder for the people who, who can't sing, for those who are sick, for those who are afraid, for those who are anxious. We're gonna sing this chorus that Jesus, his very name, makes the darkness tremble. I bet everything I have that the name Jesus makes a virus tremble. I don't even know if, that, if that's scientific enough or if that works, but I bet it's true. I know the, the kingdom of darkness that uses something like a virus shudders at the very sound of the name Jesus. And the more a virus spreads, the more knees fall to the ground and the more prayers go up and the more, the more praise and the more worship that happens and the more Christians shift the atmosphere of our present season. And so let's do that and sing Jesus, Jesus, you really do make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear, oh Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus, Jesus, oh we sing Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble, Jesus,
Hey, thank you so much for joining us today. I personally hope and pray that you've been watching this in sweatpants or pajamas and eating pancakes and French toast in your living room with people that you love. Take advantage of this season to, to rest. We've been talking all year about this idea of 167. There's 168 hours in the week. We usually spend one of them in this building in church and then the other 167 are out there and how do we take home our faith and put it into practice outside of these four walls, and this, this really is like a great opportunity to start practicing that. And so, for as long as, as we're doing this, we can't wait to meet up with you in this building again, but for as long as, as this is our reality, we'll continue to post these every single week and bring a new and exciting thing your direction that is applicable right now to help make your faith more functional. And throughout the week, we'll be posting uh, little devos and prayers, and you can do the Great Commission now, from your phone and from your computer. And so help us out by, by sharing this stuff and posting this stuff and let's get the word out and we can maybe even reach more people than we can in a building. And uh, the, uh, the, the other thing, uh, just to get really transparent, um, I know churches all over the planet take a hit financially when stuff like this happens because it forces all of us to think practically and uh, more sensibly, especially with our finances. And I just wanted to to continue to invite you to now maybe more than ever live and step into a life of generosity because when we're, when we're generous, not only do we fund the kingdom of God, but what we're saying is God, my life, my finances, my health, everything is out of my hands and in your hands. And it's just such a tangible reminder to do that. So I wanna encourage you in that direction. Don't let something like this keep you from being generous or keep you from sharing or keep you from loving and keep you from being kind. Christians right now more than ever need to rise to the occasion. If you want to give, you can do that on the Red Rocks Church app. You can do that at redrocksaustin.com. And uh, yeah, that's it. Until then, uh, keep us, uh, we'll keep you posted on social media. Keep following, keep sharing. We love you guys. We're praying for you. Grace and peace to you.